Hi, everybody. I'm Jaden Doye, and I'm delighted that you've joined me for this episode of the Long Quarter Podcast. I'm known as the Traveling CPA, and I've dedicated my professional life to helping firm owners reach new heights and catch more flights. I believe that you don't have to be tied to a desk seven days a week to have a profitable firm. That's why I'm here, bringing ideas and information that can help you create a first-class firm that pays you the salary you deserve and provides you with the lifestyle you desire. All right, today I'm going to talk about a new cash flow method that will assist firms in ensuring that their firm is profitable and will get them in tip top shape as it pertains to cash flow management. So oftentimes firm owners, they only have about one, two, maximum three bank accounts. Oftentimes I see they have a checking account, a savings account, and if they take retainer, a an IOLTA account, also known as a trust account. But I recommend that you have a minimum of four or five bank accounts. And let's talk about what those bank accounts are, what the purpose is, and how you will use them. So first, we will start with the income account. This should be a checking account to which all of your earned income will go into. Okay, so if you bill a client and they have a retainer and you shift money from the IOTA account, all of that money will go into the income account, earned income. If you have a subscription service and you need to figure out which account that money should go into, all of it should go into the income account. Now, from that income account, you will distribute money using the following percentages twice a month. I recommend the 15th and the last day of the month. So you will have another account, another checking account. This will be called your operating expense account. This account is what you will use to pay your day-to-day business expenses, payroll, etc. And you will only put a maximum of 70% of your income into this operating expense account. Next, you will transfer 10% into your profit account. This will be a savings account, and this account will be used for the owner to take quarterly vacations. It can also serve as your firm's rainy day fund, and you will only draw on it in dire situations if your firm needs to temporarily supplement cash flow you have it there but we want to make sure that we're saving it there for those quarterly vacations so that you can reset refresh reflect on what worked and what didn't work the previous quarter so that you can go into the new quarter with a fresh mind and last but not least will be your tax savings account 
So I usually recommend, depending on how much revenue your firm is generating, I usually recommend a 10% into 20% rather into this account. And I'll tell you why. So this is another savings account that will be used for your business and personal income taxes. And what usually ends up happening is because we have put 20% of income into this tax savings account, if in fact that is too much of a savings, now we have extra money to put towards big investments into the firm. So think about those times where you wanted to buy a series of computers. Maybe you needed to drop $5,000 for computers or you needed to drop $10,000 on an investment to work with a professional service provider and you didn't have it. By overfunding this tax account, it serves not only to make sure that you always have the money for your quarterly estimated tax payments, but it also serves as a long-term savings account for those big investments that you want to make for your firm. So just to recap again, you will have your income account where all your earned income will go into and twice a month on the 15th and the last day of the month, you will empty that income account and distribute those funds to your operating expense account at 70%, your profit account at 10%, and your tax savings account at 20%. Now, I know what you're probably thinking, that right now that might be difficult for you to do. And why is that difficult for you to do? Because you're just keeping your head above water. Maybe you're operating expense right now is 90% of income. So we need to figure out what we can do to cut back on expenses so that we may increase your firm's profitability. So I'm going to give you a few tips on ways that you can maximize your firm's profitability by cutting expenses. The first one is my favorite. Avoid bad clients. So think of those times where you had the consultation with the client and you were saying to yourself, man, this person is a lot. And deep down inside, you knew that this person was not going to be a good client, but you needed the money. So you took them anyway. So these headaches are oftentimes causing a bottleneck in our firm. Oftentimes, these are the ones that want to pay the least and want the most. Those type of clients should be avoided. So starting today, have a rubric that you use when it comes to working with new clients. You need to make sure that there are certain things that you will tolerate and will not tolerate as it pertains to bringing in new clients. Even when the money sounds great, sometimes it's not worth the headache. Another tip is to raise your rates. A lot of times people hesitate to raise their rates. However, Over the past few years, between the pandemic and inflation, we've seen rate increase across a number of different products and services. So if you have not raised your fees in the past two years, 
I am giving you permission today to raise your rates. Now, it will take some market research on your side to determine where you should raise those rates to. And you also have to think to yourself, are you going to be the luxury end of the market or are you going to be the cheap end of the market? Do you want to be more like Gucci, more like Walmart, or do you want to be in the middle? Now, I'll tell you, if you're a small law firm, I definitely don't recommend that you come in being cheap because cheap only works if your firm does a large volume of work. And oftentimes, in order to obtain a large volume of clients, it takes a very, very large marketing budget. And oftentimes, small firms do not have the capital to support a marketing budget that these large volume firms have. So this is where you can think about how you bring something unique to the market and what does that specific niche market, what does that specific niche as far as clients are concerned look like that are willing to pay a premium for you to solve their problem? Hey, it's Jaden here taking a quick break. Thanks for listening this far. I just wanted to let you know about the Law Firm Growth Toolkit I've put together. You can actually download it now at www.lawandquarter.com. This toolkit will provide you with the resources needed to start making strides towards creating the firm of your dreams. Always make sure that you're billing accurately and often. Many times I meet firm owners who only deal with billing once a week or once a month rather, and that the failure of having of billing often is actually causing the firm to miss out on money and slows down cash flow. Make sure that you're asking for client feedback. Many times we think that we got it going on I'm perfect. There's no problem on my side. But sometimes you need to ask for client feedback because maybe clients may not be comfortable telling you what issues they have or where your firm can improve. And maybe that person could be a repeat client if you could rectify issues. So asking for client feedback will ensure that your performance is in tip top shape and that your clients will continue to come to you to solve their legal issues. You want to make sure that you're double checking your expenses at least monthly. Sometimes there are subscriptions that we continue to pay, but we don't use. And because we don't double check our expenses, we end up paying for them for months or worse, years, without using them. So make sure that you're double-checking your expenses. You also want to make sure that billing from all of your vendors have been done correctly. Sometimes companies may double-bill you, or maybe they billed you an incorrect amount. You want to make sure that all of the amounts that you're paying are correct. Have the option for your clients to pay 
in full or pay in advance. So most times people feel uncomfortable asking for a large sum of money up front. But let's be realistic. If you know that the case will cost $10,000, then you can just let them know, I'll take $10,000 today. Don't automatically assume that the client will not have the money to pay you in full up front. Sometimes they will. Sometimes they will need a payment plan. Let the client tell you that they need a payment plan. Don't automatically tell them that there are payment plan options. When it comes to cutting costs specifically, look at your staffing expenses. You want to look at the costs that you pay your staff and divide it by your income and use that to determine if your labor rate is a favorable rate. A rule of thumb is that your firm's labor rate should never go above 30%. This does not include the salary of the owner. Now, depending on where you are in your business, if you just started, if you're growing your firm, if you have a $100,000 firm versus a million dollar firm, these numbers can fluctuate. So the benchmarks change based off of what industry of law you're in as well. But oftentimes, firms are very heavy on labor expenses. So this is why it's also important to track time. If you look at the time that your team puts into each case versus the revenue that you are obtaining per case, you can better determine if you need to reduce staff or maybe if your staff needs more training so that they can be more productive. You also want to look at your actual space, physical space needs. So a lot of firms are actually overpaying for large offices just to have an image of being a prestige firm. But now that we work and live in a digital age, a lot of firms are actually going virtual and your clients will actually never come into your office. So instead of paying that $5,000 a month for that fancy space on Peachtree, maybe consider using a service to where you only pay for the office when you use it. There are many different services out there to where you pay a monthly fixed rate to for the subscription. And if you need to use a conference room or you need to use a private office, then you can pay additional fees. And many times for firms that are mainly remote, this option actually is very cost savings for the firm. Last but not least, you want to look at your different vendor arrangements. Look to see if your vendors may have some type of options where you can either prolong payments or split payments. So for example, if you're buying equipment, Maybe that vendor has an option to where you can pay them net 30, meaning you do not have to pay in full today. You can pay the full balance within 30 days. This will give you some additional time on your cash flow. Now, let's say you have an excess of cash, but you're looking to save on expenses. You may even consider 
pay in full options for your vendors. Many times professional service providers provide a discount or some type of incentive if you pay for the subscription in full upfront rather than doing monthly payments. And if you signed a 12 month contract and you know that you will pay for the service for the next 12 months, then it may benefit you to pay in full if it will not negatively impact your cash flow too much. Lawyers are known for negotiating contracts and various different things. So use that skill set when it comes to paying your vendors. Oftentimes, if you're if a service provider does not have a pay in full discount, don't hesitate to say, hey, are you willing to give me a 10 percent discount if I were to pay this full contract up front? Think about it. If you are going to pay somebody thirty thousand dollars, I'm pretty sure that they would be willing to consider giving you a $3,000 discount to get the full payment up front. But if you don't ask, you shall not receive. Thanks so much for listening to the Law & Quarter podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website at www.lawandquarter.com for more show notes and additional episodes. If you have time, subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing the show. That will help other people find us. Again, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Law & Quarter podcast.